Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a great episode covering all the things you want to know on the Iowa Hawkeyes today. We have a review of last night's game, Iowa versus Maryland, and what did Jordan Bohannon do that was pretty darn impressive, breaking out of his slump. We also have a preview of Iowa versus Nebraska. They have another game on Sunday. We're going to be talking about that. And then finally, some recruiting talk as well. Several top recruits in the class of 2023 releasing their updated list, and I was on them. We'll tell you all about that on today's show. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. So let's get into it. Iowa takes care of Maryland last night. What a nice game, right? You like the rebound performance. I say rebound, I mean the carryover performance from Iowa versus Minnesota. Now, Maryland had a much better offensive output than Minnesota did, but Iowa's offense really put it into gear, and it was all started with Jordan Bohannon. We've been talking for weeks, agnosium, about how Jordan Bohannon has to break out of the slump. Something's got to give, right? He has not been this bad of a shooter before. Well, we saw it, and he really did take care of business. Hit 10 threes in last night's game versus Maryland. A school record. Pretty darn impressive. 30 points for Jordan Bohannon. And you could tell this guy was just feeling it last night, which we'll get to here in a second. But first, we'll kick it off with a quick recap. Um, Iowa started off. Building on a lead back into first half. Honestly, this is one of the first games in a while they actually didn't play completely poorly in the first five, six minutes. Maryland was shooting well, but Iowa sticking with it up 11-8 after four minutes. So nice to see them have a decent performance early on. Midway through the second half, they're up by over 30 points. Jordan Bohannon hitting threes left and right. There's some alley-oops. Uh, Iowa was just feeling it at this point. Chris Murray only played 13 minutes, as did Ulis. Uh, Keegan Murray led the team uh, with 30 points on 12 of 14, shooting seven rebounds and one assist. And Iowa shot 60% from the field, 56% from three. That's pretty darn good. And anytime, when you look at what Maryland was able to do, Maryland shot pretty well as well. 56% from the field and 75% from three in the first half. 48% from the field for the game and 54% from three in the second half. That just goes to show you how impressive Iowa's offensive output was. Defensively, there's some things to still not really like, but when Iowa's putting up those kind of points, the other team is bound to score some points as well, especially when you're up 30 points and then you put in the subs with six, seven minutes to go. So storylines from this game, Jordan Bohannon definitely has to be the guy, right? Jordan Bohannon, school record, 10 three-pointers, there was a sequence was which was just vintage Jordan Bohannon. With about 10 minutes left in the second half, he comes down, knocks down a, a deep three, comes back down, completely misses a three, then comes back down, alley-oops to Keegan Murray, and then comes back down, loses control of the ball, regains control after the defender falls to the ground, turns around, pumps it up, drains it. That was vintage Jordan Bohannon. 
And that is why you keep him in the starting lineup. And what Fran has done with this lineup, I think, is one of the more impressive things. He knew there was an issue, right? He knew there was something wrong. He knew Jordan Bohannon was struggling. And he did what he had to do to get the most lethal three-point shooter in Big Ten history going. Unfortunately, that came at the expense of Joe Toussaint starting. Joe Toussaint cannot be a two. He needs to have the ball. But when you look at Fran McCaffrey as a coach, you have to be very impressed by his willingness to make this lineup change and what we've seen since that lineup change has been made. Jordan Bohannon has come alive these last two games. It didn't show on the stat box, the stat sheet last game, but defensively, I loved what I saw from Jordan Bohannon. Offensively, I don't know how you don't love what you saw from Jordan Bohannon in that game. And when Jordan Bohannon is making shots, when Jordan Bohannon is confident, this is a dangerous basketball team. Dangerous. We mentioned the better start. Iowa got off to a much better start in this game, hit their first four shots. Um, despite Maryland shooting well early, Iowa was up 11-8 to eight in the first four minutes. So you have to be a very uh, joyful about that as well as Iowa gets into this home stretch of Big Ten games. From a lineup perspective, we already mentioned it, but Jordan Bohannon starting in this game with Tony Perkins at the two, not Joe Toussaint with, with Jabo at the two. Again, credit to Fran for making that switch. Jabo has looked so much different in the last two games. Joe Toussaint also had a solid game, though, as well. After playing only six minutes in that game, uh, last game against Minnesota, Joe Toussaint playing very key minutes in this game. Very good defensive effort as well. One of the nicest plays I saw was when Maryland got a nice switch with Joe Toussaint on one of their bigs. They tried throwing it into one of their bigs. Joe Toussaint wrapped around him, knocked away the ball. Iowa got a steal. And I saw that several times with Iowa guards. Aaron Euless did it as well. So a really nice defensive effort from those, those young guys, uh, those smaller guys going up against some of Maryland's bigs. Um, overall, in the first half, I thought defensively, Iowa played pretty well. Maryland was just hitting their shots. Um, definitely some things to improve, but not something I'm going to harp on today. Rebounding-wise, we talked about how big of a concern this has been for the Iowa Hawkeyes throughout this season. They have struggled mightily rebounding the basketball, and that has been one of their biggest Achilles heels, giving teams second-chance opportunities. They'll hold a team down late in the shot clock. The team misses. They get the rebound. They make the second shot. What is Iowa going to do at that point? Well, Iowa won the rebounding battle in this game, 37-28, to despite having a decent size gap in this game. The effort's there. They're crashing boards. They're all engaged. And this makes me very excited going into the back half of the season or the back little run of the season, especially after talking to Trey Demps on Wednesday's episode. He loved what he saw from this team. He's excited about this team. And we're starting to see it kind of come to fruition. Now we just need to see them keep it together. One last thing I'll say from a storyline perspective, the only bad thing I really have to talk about in this game, 13 from 21 from the free throw line, 62%. Need to do better there. You need to do better from the free throw line. So what's next for the Hawks? Well, they moved to 16-7. and seven. They are 6-6 six and six in Big Ten play. The chance to go over 500 versus Nebraska on Sunday. They have now moved up to 17th in Ken Palm um, as of last night. They did drop to 108th in defensive adjust efficiency, but I'll take that when we have that kind of offensive output, uh, scoring 110 points, I believe, off the top of my head. Now I'm, now I'm second-guessing myself. Let me actually pull pull that up real quick for you there. Yeah, 110 points, 110 to 87 win over Maryland in that game. Now we go on to Nebraska. So we're going to talk about Nebraska here in a few short moments. 
Uh, but first, I want to remind you all that BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right into the big game this Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has you covered for up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real live updates of current games going on. Plus, they got the Olympics. Put some money on Sean White last night. I did lose that money, but nevertheless, it was great to be able to go to BetOnline.net and put some money on the greatest half-pipe snowboarder in Olympic history or in the world, honestly. Uh, so shout out to Sean White, the GOAT. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts, y'all. And it is Super Week brought to you by Get Upside. And there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game. So tune in. They have some great content dropping daily for you right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's get into it. We talked about Iowa versus Maryland. Now we got to talk about the upcoming game, Iowa versus Nebraska. And I'll just start it off with this piece. Nebraska sucks. They are absolutely terrible. They have actually managed to regress. They have actually gotten worse under Fred Hoiberg. Now he does have some big-time recruits, right? He brought in a top 30 player in Bryce McGowan's. Not doing it for him still. Still not doing them. They've hit the transfer portal. Still not doing it. They got their first Big Ten Conference win this past week against Minnesota. They are 7-17. Their wins, and I'm going to read off the Ken Palm ranking, have come against the 225th ranked team, 238th, 302nd, 181st, 345th, and 163rd outside of the Minnesota game. Maybe this team has figured it out. Maybe the win over Minnesota is an ode, uh, an ode showing them that they are on the path now. They've they've really come together. But I can't imagine that that's actually the case. I just I just can't. And watching some of their games, it has been absolutely atrocious to watch. It is some really really bad basketball. When you look at Nebraska, there, there's really not a lot to be impressed with. 197th. And offensive adjusted efficiency, 156th and defensive adjusted efficiency. They are literally one of the worst teams in the nation at shooting the three-pointer. 301, shooting only 30.9%. Defensively, they're they're in the top, the bottom 100 as well. They're allowing 35.3% clip. They make Iowa's rebounding woes look like Iowa is is one of the best teams in the country. Nebraska 350th in offensive rebounding, 310th in defensive rebounding. They turned the ball over at a pretty impressive rate as well. 224th in offensive steal percentage, so not good all around. And again, this is one of the most inexperienced teams in the country, 309th in experience. Not impressive nonetheless. So what did they do against Minnesota? Honestly, can't really tell. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but when you're looking at the stat sheet, it looks like Minnesota just kind of screwed themselves over. Nebraska did shoot 39% from three. 
We saw C.J. Wiltshire, who is one of their best three-point shooters, go three of five from three. They shot 52% from the field. Alonzo Verge, a transfer out of Arizona State, had a nice game going seven of ten. Bryce McGowan's, that top 30 recruit, went five of eight. Rebounding the ball, they still were a negative three in differential there. Turnovers, they did turn the ball over less. Minnesota turned the ball over seven more times than Nebraska. And they forced eight turnovers. They had eight more steals than Nebraska did, So, or the Minnesota did. So um, there's something to like about Nebraska in that Minnesota game, but Minnesota has been such an up-and-down team. Uh, there's not much to really take away from that. From an Iowa perspective, you can't let Nebraska get any chance of trying to make this a game. You cannot – this is this is one of those – this is not a must-win. This is a absolutely, without a doubt, cannot lose because it is such a horrendous loss game. Iowa needs to lock in early. They cannot take Nebraska for granted. They need to lock in defensively early. They need to shut down Nebraska. And it's not that hard. Shut down Bryce McGowan's in a pretty good spot. He's their leading scorer. He's second in rebounds. Also, when C.J. Wilcher comes off the bench, you make sure you put the best guy on him or you understand where he's at at all times in that zone. He's a freshman coming off the bench shooting 40% from three. Again, I talked about the Minnesota game. He had a great game in that game. There's just no there's no reason why Iowa's defense shouldn't show up in this game. Against some of the worst-ranked offenses in the Big Ten, Iowa's defense has done a pretty good job of taking care of business. Can they do it in this game against Nebraska? They need to. Offensively, this could be a really big game for Iowa. Again, I mentioned Nebraska's defense is absolutely atrocious. One of the worst three-point defending teams. Um, Iowa getting a little hot from three. And one of the things I would really like to see in this game is Iowa get off to a strong start. You keep that lead, 20 points, whatever it might be, into the second half. You see the younger guys get a lot more playing time. I would like to see Josh and Riley and Peyton. Peyton's getting playing time, but I'd like to see Josh and Riley especially get some playing time. Get them some experience. We are going to need big men at some point. Maybe not this year, but we do need to have some big men on the Iowa basketball team. One thing to note, this could be a very, very, very quick game. Very up-tempo. Nebraska is 14th in the nation in tempo. Iowa is 7th. These teams are going to be moving. Now, that could hurt Nebraska. Iowa does a really good job of defending teams, trapping teams, forcing them to make turnovers, force them to extend out their possession. So Nebraska wants to run, 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 or kick shots early on in the shot clock. That could be advantageous for the Hawkeyes, especially if Nebraska isn't hitting early on. Can I mention a few guys to watch out for? Bryce McGowan's a top 30 player in the country last year. Lonzo Verge is second leading scorer coming off the bench, former transfer from Arizona State. This is a win that Kempom predicts an 89-71 win over Nebraska. I want to buy stock in this Iowa Hawkeye team, and I'm going to take the, take the spread there. If it's an 18-point spread, I'm taking it for Iowa to win. I think they'll win by 21 or 22. This Nebraska team is absolutely atrocious. So that's my that's my prediction for this game. And other basketball news, uh, it sounds like this game versus Ohio State might not get rescheduled. And honestly, not upset about it. I don't think it would have been a good game for Iowa. I think it could have been better with Iowa kind of trending up right now. But going on the road to Ohio State, where they would have had to fit it in, would have made it really, really, really tough on the Hawks with several key games in one week. 
And from an injury perspective, from a health perspective, from a a bounce in your leg perspective, it just wouldn't have been good for the Hawkeyes to have that many games in a couple of days, especially going on the road to Ohio State. So I'm happy about this. Um, If it ultimately doesn't get rescheduled, which it doesn't look like it's going to. um, But if anything changes on that front, we'll definitely make sure to let you know. Coming up, um, we're going to be talking about recruiting here in a few seconds. Uh, Several several Iowa Hawkeye uh, recruiting targets have made a few decisions, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, But first, this is the time of year. It's February. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on most of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It's almost, it almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating these Built Bars. It's like kind of a cheat meal without actually being a cheat meal. I get this delicious candy bar with all the health and nutritional benefits that I would want. And have you even tried the puffs yet? Because the puffs, if you haven't tried those, you are absolutely missing out. I've been a Built Bar believer. And now that I've had the puffs, those are obviously, those are my favorite at this point. They're so delicious. Protein infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. And they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate, as is every Built Bar. So if you're looking to keep your resolutions moving, just like I am, go to Built.com. You'll get some phenomenal stuff. Most of these Built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. So go to Built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, y'all, we've talked a lot about basketball. We're now transitioning over to the football realm. On the recruiting front, a lot of news has kind of come out the last couple of days. One of the things we mentioned on yesterday's show, Caden Proctor has announced his top seven. The road is not over yet for the biggest recruit in Iowa history. Yes, Xavier was a big recruit. Caden Proctor is actually even bigger, and he's announced his top seven. It is Michigan, Oregon, Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, Penn State, and Iowa. If you're Iowa, you have to feel good where you are right now. Okay, You have to feel very good where you are in the recruiting process for Caden. You've made a very good impression. He's been to Iowa several times. He has great relationships with guys at Iowa. Xavier's there, and Iowa does a great job of developing offensive line, as you're going to see Tyler Linderbaum get drafted very high in this upcoming year's draft. He's a guy who could step in immediately and start. However, there's the allure there. I, I can't see him spurning Iowa for Michigan or for Penn State. But Oregon, Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia... You have to say, if you're Alabama or Georgia, you're playing for a national title almost every year. Iowa cannot compete with that. It's just the fact of the matter. They can't. Now, Xavier did choose, actually choose to to go to Iowa, and he wants to try to bring big guys there, and, and maybe that's the pitch they use. You come here, we're getting more big guys to come in. We're going to talk about those big guys here in a second, but there's something brewing in Iowa with Kirk Ferentz staying there for a few more years with some five-star, you know, Xavier coming. We have some four-stars coming in. So it's a big time for Iowa. But um, you have to be very happy with where we are with Caden Proctor. But I think the important thing to note is the recruiting show is not over. At this point last year, X was not 
committed to Iowa, and he was not going to choose Iowa. He was going to choose Ohio State. Iowa kept on it, just like they're going to need to keep on with Caden Proctor, but you have to feel good that they are at least in the running, and right now I would argue they're number one. Some other offensive linemen, Austin Sierveld, he is a four-star recruit, six hundred or six foot five, three hundred fifteen pound guy. Um, currently, Iowa made his top six, but right now projected to go to Ohio State. He's in Ohio State's backyard, so it's kind of tough here. Um, but he had this to say about Iowa, according to twenty four seven Sports, the coaches and how they want to run the football because as a lineman, you want that in schools to go smash the dude right in front of you. Iowa in the running for him, more than likely not going to get him though. On the other hand Iowa is in the running for an offensive lineman out of Indiana Leighton Jones a three-star prospect six foot four 250 pound interior offensive line has a bunch of Mac offers just recently got a crystal ball level six to the Iowa Hawkeyes um, for that class of 2023 so there's a good chance his commitment could be coming here in a couple of weeks uh, seems like he's very very high on the Iowa Hawkeyes clearly they have seen something in Leighton Jones that they are very excited about as well Two running backs um, have Iowa in their top list. We'll start with the, the bigger one. Uh, Trayvon Webb has a top 11, which I'll be honest, top 11, are you really, really whittling it down? I don't know. Anyways, top 11, uh, six foot one, 205-pound, 106-ranked player in the nation, uh, located out of Florida. Do I think Iowa has a chance here? Clearly they have a chance, but how much of a chance, I don't know. The bigger thing I want to take away from this is since Liddell Betts has joined the Iowa Hawkeye program, he has been tremendous in recruiting. He got Jasmine Patterson, a four-star recruit, quickly. We flipped the other four-star from Cal, I believe. And now we're in the running for two four-star recruits. The other four-star recruit is Caden Fegan, a four-star running back. Six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pound, a monstrous kid who currently is is basically down to Iowa, Illinois, and Notre Dame. If I'm him, why wouldn't you want to go to Iowa at this point? Especially if you have Liddell Betts, a former NFL player, coaching you. It's been really impressive to see Liddell Betts make that jump from high school to college, and Iowa is all of a sudden in the running for all these fantastic top one hundred, top two hundred running backs. Now that's not a knock on any of the guys we've had in the past. I love a lot of our running backs, right? Tyler Goodson, what a phenomenal pickup, right? You got to be pretty happy. Akram Wadley, despite the off the field stuff, a two-star recruit. Iowa does a good job of finding these guys, but imagine getting a four-star top 100 recruit in at that running back position with a decent offensive line. That could be one of the better running attacks we've seen for Iowa in quite some time. So kudos to Liddell Betts doing a phenomenal job at recruiting that position um, and recruiting in his backyard in Florida. Uh, that will do it for our show today. I want to remind you all that you can check out the Locked On Betts podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They do a great job of breaking down three to four games every single day, and they definitely have some Super Bowl prop bets for you on their show this week, so make sure to check that out as well. That will do it for our show today. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, Hawkeye Nation, we will be back next week. And we have a really special guest dropping at some point next week, probably Wednesday. We have Iowa women's soccer coach David Diani joining our show for a full episode, talking about his career, talking about the Iowa women's soccer team, and talking about Ted Lasso as well. So make sure to tune into that. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate all of your love and support. Have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And as always, let's go Hawks.